Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to move along. If you can hear me this morning, then listen to the message. And uh, uh, so this morning, we're going to look together back into the book of Philippians, okay? Uh, and so we're still on letters from prison, and we're looking into chapter 2 of uh, Philippians. The Apostle Paul's writing here, and uh, we're looking to engage God's Word in this series. And, you know, most of us enjoy being served, right? Most of us, we just like it. Especially in America, we like service uh, and those kind of things. And so, so when you go to your favorite restaurant, you know, whether that be McDonald's or whether that be El Mezcal or well, that, whether that is uh, Longhorn, if that's your taste, doesn't matter where you go, uh, but you expect something. And uh, when you arrive to that place, you, you expect uh, some things from that restaurant. Uh, one of the things you expect is good service, right? It's what we expect. And in other words, when you order, you want them to listen to you so they provide the right food for you. Uh, you want them to bring it out in a reasonable time, right? You want that right there so you can eat it. Isn't that why you go to a restaurant? I know there's some people that go to restaurants just to sit there and talk, but that's why we go there, right? To eat. One time, Jody and I, uh, we went on our anniversary to a restaurant, and she'll probably remember that restaurant, and I won't say its name, but we were still out on the West Coast, and and uh, we're going out for our anniversary, special time, and the place was well-known, and people liked it, and uh, so they brought out our food, and I had ordered a steak, and and they they brought that steak out to me, and I tasted the snake, steak, did I say snake? And uh, might as well have said it because when I tasted it, it was horrible. That is, the, I've never had a steak like that before. In fact, it was so good that it tasted like liver. And uh, so, yeah, it was not desirable. We, we, you know, we sent it back. We told them the situation. They brought it back. It was worse than it was in the beginning. So what I did was I sat there and talked to my dear wife across, uh, across the table as she ate her meal, and I did not want to send that back another time because I didn't know what I was going to get back. It was not good. And so, see, we like good service, don't we? We like good service, uh, but, but there are two sides to service, and this is one of the things. Uh, it's one thing to be served, but it's another thing to serve. For, and that goes for us all, and there's, there's something that we have to remember, that service is not a bad word. Service isn't a bad word. Really, it's every believer's slice of this life. And for some, they may feel that they have uh, done their time, so they don't need to serve at this point. But that really is a mistake, uh, mistaken understanding of service. And, and we see how the Apostle Paul deals with this in this subject uh, uh, as he looks to Jesus and the way that Jesus served in humility. So we're going to start off with this key question here this morning. Do you secretly value other people? Do you secretly value other people? 
You know, honestly, this really is an important question that, that we need, all need to answer to ourse uh, for ourselves in front of the Lord uh, as we're here in his presence. But because how we value others will actually show in our service or in the lack thereof. And, and let's look at what Paul says. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, and this is what he says. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, last Wednesday, uh, I spoke from this passage in uh, the little video series I do from Hope from the Word, and you can watch that, of course, on TopekaFirst.com or on the Facebook, but uh, I, I talked about it a little bit, but by the time you get into verse 3 here, you see uh, the Apostle Paul saying some other key things. First here, we need to learn to become like-minded with Christ. Uh, in other words, we need to keep the same kind of perspective that Jesus did about the value of other people, and this is where it matters. It's where it matters in our lives, and uh, in many ways, service and value go hand in hand. And I don't think we always put those together. I don't think we always think about it that way. You were grateful for Pastor Steve serving 18 years here at Topeka First. Yeah. That's a long time. And we really appreciate that because uh, I appreciate it. And I think you all appreciate him and his service. The second thing we need to realize is that being like-minded with Jesus uh, requires us to consider that we are not more or less valuable than an un another person. We're, we're equal. That's just the reality of it, and there, there's no, no question about that. And, and unfortunately, sometimes when people demand service from another person, they're, demand, they're, they're demeaning them at times. And yet Paul said over in the book of Romans, uh, it, it, the, and he made it clear that whether we're Jew or Gentile, male or female, uh, no matter what our situation, we are on a level playing field. We are in the same situation as others. And, we, and, and he goes on to make sure that we understand this. We were sinners, and we needed salvation. We all need that. We need that hope from the love and grace that God provides for us through the cross. And Paul said it this way in verse 3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know, there's a lot to be said about selfish ambition or vain conceit, and really, these have one main focus in mind, and that one main focus really tends to be self itself. And Paul is telling us to make sure how you relate to other people must not uh, be more about your own self-interest or focus. For, for most people, that's difficult. It just is. And you may say, well, no, it's not for me, but I will challenge you on that for just a bit. 
because uh, uh, we all have that self-focus. It starts from childhood. Starts from birth. It's just the normal thing, right? When the baby is born, they cry, right? That's what they do. They cry. They cry for this. They cry for that. Why? Was it about you? No, they're not crying about you. At that point, they don't care about you. They're caring about what their needs are. They need their diaper change. They need the food on the table in the bottle. They need those things, right? And they're worried that they're not going to get them, so they want to make their concerns known. But we find that even uh, for uh, most people, it's difficult and it's natural to preserve yourself because we start that way. And and even those people that we call heroes, because they've went out of their way to save someone else, they too have to battle self-interests. Once they finish their heroic act, they will still battle the fact that they need to take care of themselves and those who are close to them. And it's important to take care of yourself. There's no question about that. But, but, you, uh, but if you do so to the detriment of your neighbor, then you're missing out on what Jesus said and even the Apostle Paul taught. I remember when I was starting out early uh, in uh, ministry in the early 1990s, uh, I knew of a guy, some of you would know him, T.L. Osborne. He was a worldwide missionary evangelist. And and uh, he uh, actually uh, gave the, his uh, facility, his ministry facilities to the church that I was at, out down in Oklahoma at the time. And uh, he was kind of a charis- Pentecostal charismatic type of Billy Graham, if you want to say, around the world. Not as known in as America as he was in other countries, uh, but he was an American. And so... This guy spoke several languages. I mean, he spoke several languages, and he, and he preached to thousands of people at a time. And, and God moved, and God worked in people's lives. Many were saved through his ministry, healed under his ministry, and God worked great things. But I remember when I was in East Africa, I was in Kampala, Uganda, the capital there, and I had been preaching for a church, and they had like 70 other churches, and we would go around to preach to the different churches and the plants. And, uh, and one time I was uh, up on the platform when we were worshiping, it was, it was service time, and this older gentleman, gentleman, he was a pastor, he came up to me and he stood beside me. And he engaged me, and I think it was after service, he said, see this picture? He carried this old picture around. The guy was about 70, I would say. And he carried this uh, old picture around when he was younger. And uh, on that picture, it was of a young man who was paralyzed. He was paralyzed from the waist down, probably had polio. Polio was running rampant over there quite a bit back then. And so, and he had, and he kind of sat around like on a skateboard type of thing, and he pushed himself along with a stick, was common there. And he said, see that picture? He said, that was me. And I said, what? Remember, he walked up beside me, right? He said, that was me. I was that paralyzed boy. And he went to one of T.L. Osborne's crusades, and the Lord met him there and changed his life. And he served God. He chose to serve God for the rest of his life and served him in ministry. And uh, so it was interesting. What, what, how, why I say that story is you get an get a understanding of, of uh, T.L.'s experience and such. And then... One time we were, we came, I came back off of the field. I was just there for a couple months and came back to the church and we were moving his office because uh, because he had given the building uh, away. He was actually moving his office to another place. And so he moved his 
uh, he was uh, having us help and we moved his office into another area. And uh, one of the things that happened to this, one of the ki one of the students that were there, they were 18 years old. They were they were there, supposed to be there helping him. Uh, and so TL is, is uh, sees him there and the guys, the kids kind of he's kind of playing around. Right. So uh, TL's a little he's a little frustrated at that point, And he told, told us, get out, get out. He thought he wasn't supposed to be there and he was just there messing around. And uh, I, uh, I was there. I saw the situation. And when he figured out that that young man was supposed to be there helping him and he was on a job, he went, he went back to that young man and he says, look, he said, I am very, very sorry. And he said, I didn't realize you were supposed to be here. I thought you were messing around and just getting in the way and those kind of things. But he apologized to him. A man of this stature man with that type of status and he's like he humbled himself and you know that spoke to me whatever you think about that man i i don't know but but aside from that it did spoke to me i remember it 26 years later right the man uh, the man with the status humbled himself because he had messed up and he had uh, he had to value that young man and in the latter part of verse three the apostle paul says this rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. See, the truth is, is that if you see your status as high or as low or, or it doesn't really matter, we need to be able to value others uh, above ourselves. And you know that Jesus and Paul weren't the only ones to speak on this subject. There's no question about it. Uh, in fact, uh, when it comes to value and humility, Peter wrote it over in 1 Peter 5, 6. And he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Now, if you remember Peter and what he was like. Peter, how is, uh, he was the guy who seemed to be humbled on occasion by force, right? Uh, it wasn't that he was humbling himself usually, but he had to learn that in his life. And, and he did, and he had to learn this lesson. And he spoke out of experience and relationship with Jesus. And you need to remember that when you're willing to value others, God will take care of you. It may not be the fast way always. Uh, but but he will he will make a way, and we have to be able to let patience have its way in our lives as well. Let's look at this second question here that I, I posed to you this morning. But do you use your benefits, the benefits or or your status for yourself without caring for another? And for us as followers of followers of Jesus, we need to make sure it's so easy for us as Americans, especially, to be able to say, well, this is my right to have this, that's my right to have that, and all that kind of stuff. But, but in the Gospel of Luke, we, we find uh, uh, this uh, lead tax collector, Zacchaeus. We, we find him who he came to faith in Jesus Christ, and he had made it financially. Of course, he was doing well. You know, we've talked about the tax system they've had back then uh, there. And, and he could have, he could have uh, had a solid income since he was over the other revenue collectors of his time. And the whole region and his benefits and status kept him seemingly above everyone else. But once he came to trust in Jesus, his heart changed. And this is what he said to him. He said, look, Lord, 
He said, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So he had to turn around, and he had to help others from his own benefit. So no matter how rich or poor you are, or if you're uh, somewhere in the middle, we all have something to give in our lives, and our benefits are not only for us. As he told Abraham, you, uh, you are a blessing, and you are blessed and will be a blessing. Do you realize you are blessed and you will be a blessing too? And that, that means that we also must care for others around us in this world that we live in. We live in a challenging world, a challenging society today, and we have to be able to look to the Lord to ask Him to help us to be able to engage people in a special way. Look with me over in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 again, and he says this there. He says, in your relationships with one another, have, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. It's what Jesus did. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself before others. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Not just any, but death on the cross. And here again, the Apostle Paul, uh, he tells us to have the same kind of mindset as Jesus and I don't think there's a better example than the one that Paul gives uh, apart, of, uh, apart from Christ. He, he didn't consider the reality of who he was to stop him from serving. Uh, you, you have to meet those people. Uh, I should say we've all met those kind of people who wouldn't stoop to the floor to pick up a piece of trash. And it's not because their back hurts. They just don't know. No, that's, that's beneath me. You know, that's not my deal, right? And, and so uh, their, value, their value of themselves is too high and their value of others is too low. Let somebody else do that, right? But Jesus would be quick to correct that, and he had to do this time and time again with his own disciples. Remember, uh, he had the brothers, James and John, they were, they were uh, the, the sons of thunder type of deal happening there. And, and Jesus, would he corrected that, and Paul said it this way. He said, in humility, value others above yourselves. And really, it's here in verse 7 that Paul said of Jesus that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. See, service is not a bad word. It's just not a bad word. And those who think it is really need to have a heart check and step back just a hair bit and recognize that service is not only, it's, uh, is only a bad word to the person who wants to have the power over others. Uh, because it makes them to feel good about themselves. But we can find Jesus' view of service even over in the book of John, in John chapter 13. You, you can look there if you want to in your own, but uh, Jesus took the opportunity to serve by taking a job that no one else wanted, right? Nobody else wanted it. It was the job of wa washing the, the guest, uh, his guest's feet. 
Uh, it was either they were gonna, going to actually wash them for them, or they had somebody in the house that was going to do it, or they had to provide them water for it. And that was the custom of his day. And where the soil is dry and it's dusty, the sa and sandals are worn, washing the feet was not only a luxury, but it was something they had to do on a regular basis because just because their feet got dirty. And, and uh, it's also refreshing. You know, you know what it's like if you put your feet in a cool pool when it's hot of 100 degrees outside. It feels good, right? But under these circumstances, it was great hospitality to see that the feet of the guests were washed with cool water. Just as, as important as feeding them when they're hungry or giving them a place to be able to rest when they're tired. And if you didn't do it, if you didn't at least provide them water, it's all, it, would, it may even be considered rude or insulting there at that time. So the, these signs of, uh, of a servant give force to the actions of Jesus and, and who washed the feet of his disciples so that his disciples might see how they were supposed to act once he left. No one was to be the master or lord, uh, lorded over another, but each was to be the servant of another. Uh, for us today, we, we may try to uh, compare this custom maybe to giving our neighbor who comes to our house a cool, cool glass of water to drink when it's 100 degrees outside, and we do that. It's because it's you care about them. It's showing them good hospitality. And maybe we don't show the hospitality that we once did in the world that we live in. But Paul said this another way over in Romans chapter 12, 12 in verse 3. He said this. He said, it's not on the screen for you, but he says this. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In fact, he is, uh, he's, uh, this is in the context of the statement that he was speaking about spiritual gifts that God gives to each different person and uh, that he's given to us. But as we wrap this up, we have this final point. When you humble yourself, God will meet your needs. God will take care of you. When you aren't worried uh, about your own status and more concerned about others, you're, you're starting to uh, mature in your faith, and you will also see God fight for you, for lack of a better word. God will fight for us. Look at the final things that Paul says in this passage. He says it here in verse 9. And he says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and in, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, remember that Paul is challenging you to keep the same attitude that Jesus kept. We all must keep that type of attitude in our hearts. And now we know that we're not, quote, the Son of God. We're not, we're not that, but we are His children, and we need to keep that attitude of service in our lives. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to let others walk on us either. That's not what Scripture's talking about. 
but it does mean that we need to consider others above ourselves. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take care of our families or for ourselves or of ourselves, but it does mean that we have to be willing to become servants to those uh, who are uh, to others so that they can follow Christ as well. When you do, you can expect God to work in your lives. Some people think they have to fight for everything. Yet God will take care of us if we're willing to serve Him and to serve others. Service is not a dirty word, friends. It is not. But when you, when you are willing to serve, it may mean that you get dirty now and then. Service rarely leaves you clean and spotless, does it? Service is work. But it's caring as well. There are going to be times in your life that you're willing to, when you're willing to follow Jesus, that you will get stains on your shirt. I think when I was receiving communion this morning with that little flapper on top, I was afraid I was going to get stain on my shirt. Good thing I wore a black one, right? I tell you, you never know. There are going to be times in our lives that we're going to face messy situations because we're willing to jump into the fray and to serve, and we're willing to see God work in the middle of all this. You may sneeze when you clean your neighbor's dust off of their TV stand because they've got cancer in their home and they need somebody to help them. But you're the one doing it because you're willing to serve them and you know they don't know Jesus, but it gives you an opportunity to be able to share faith with them, to share hope with them. Service is not a dirty word, but it may bring about hope to someone else. James said it this way over in James chapter 4, verse 10, these words, he says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and I will lift you up. See, Jesus knew that his Father would lift him up, and we too must recognize that as we humble ourselves and that we're willing to serve, that the, Lord, the lives of people can be changed, and God will also work in our lives too as we serve others. Serving must not be considered a byword, something to be hated by us. If we serve others, it will allow God to work. What would happen if no one mowed the grass or trimmed the bushes? What would happen? Well, at minimum, the lawn would look pretty rough and messy, and the city would cite us for not taking care of business. At worst, the lawn would become overgrown and have all kinds of mosquitoes. Lord knows we don't want those. And all kinds of little wild animals and creatures in the thing waiting to pounce on you when you got on the sidewalk out here. Aren't you glad that's not the case because some are willing to serve? Serving is a spiritual mentality for the follower of Jesus. And if you're a real servant of Christ, or, or will you still look out for your own personal needs? Well, you have to take care of yourself. But, as he says here, in humility, value others above yourselves. So our worship team comes this morning. We're going to sing a song together. But I want to challenge you to find your way in the middle 
of these challenging and difficult times. We know that things are starting to open up a little bit now, and we're, we're working on that a little bit, too. Uh, we hope to be able to pray with you next Sunday. We'll have some of us will be here. We'll have masks on, and you can have a mask on. We'll pray for pray for you. But serving is this spiritual mentality that we need to have as a follower of Jesus. And find your way here in the middle of this. You are the church. We are the church. For somebody here, it may it may take the you may take the neighbor's trash out for them because they need help. They can't do it. For another, maybe you have to serve in some ministries of the church as we open more. But for you, it may be that you serve someone in Jesus' name who has not been following Him. Maybe they don't know Him. But remember, in the world we live in now, serving may include words as well, right? We have to share faith.